Hello and welcome back to the Total Footstock podcast. It's obviously been a while since I was in your ears, but I'm back and back with a bang. We've got a brand new guest on and it is the brilliant Ryan Lethal. So hello, welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've been, been listening for a while. Um, haven't been on too many podcasts myself uh, in general, to be honest with you. So it's uh, still fairly new to me. I've been on a couple, uh, but no, I'm all glad to be here. Yeah, I think you're used to being the host. You sort of had many people on your YouTube streams, your live streams, and of course, uh, some of the monster streams you've done. That. Speaking of monsters, how did you do in December? We obviously had December a couple of weeks back. Any nice finishes? I assume you had a free, few free tickets. I think, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I mean, it, it certainly wasn't anything particularly good because I can't remember. Uh, I don't think I did place. I think I had a couple of entries um, and didn't place, unfortunately. But I never seemed to do too well. It's, it's so hard on, on that tough. I mean, I think it does really bring out the, the, the sort of men from the boys, really, because they're obviously such a tight star budget um you've really got to look deep and, and research deep into it and i think of especially the last couple of months has been so tough because of uh, rotation etc to trying to get a full team that play is uh, difficult nowadays yeah of course and we did actually see uh, a brand new winner only one ticket brand new never won anything before it was really brilliant to see and uh, he's done an interview on the official footstock podcast so i highly recommend you check that out if you want to hear a little bit more about that now, obviously, I've been away for a while. We've had the whole of the Footstock Advent calendar, and we won't bore you by talking about some of the stuff at the beginning, but we will chat about some of the big things that happen towards the end. We've got the net spend, the boosted deal a day, and the new refer friend, which is still ongoing. So we'll start with what's happened before, and it's happened on a few different services, is net spend. So the net spend bonus, this time, instead of getting contest credit cash back, they're offering you the chance to get premium packs, free monster tickets, or even a Champions League or Europa League player of your choice now Ron, did you go big when the net spend came out was this something that you sort of encouraged you to get more how much sort of roughly how much did you sort of put in and what was the sort of tactics were you going for swaps were you going for just to boost up your collection what were you going for uh, so i didn't massively target the net spend um i really went for the deal of the day what of course somewhat helped the net spend um with any spare cash i had sort of thing um but yeah i think it was a nice new way of doing it obviously we've it's been contest credit in the past uh, and it somewhat mixed the two together. Uh, so I think it was great for some people that were able to. All I'd say for me is just the timing of it, obviously the festive period and the idea of the advent calendar obviously makes sense. But I'd say that I feel like that net spend bonus coming over literally over the Christmas week and period maybe wasn't the best time for certain people uh, to be able to target, to target it massively. So for me, yeah, I just uh, sort of more targeted the, the deal of the day, tried to get my contest credit up. And I think I did end up in the positive uh, net spend. So I think I've got like, I don't think I even quite made the premium pack. So I really didn't target it. Um, but it, it was certainly a nice addition. And I liked that it came alongside a lot of the other promotions. So it allowed you to sort of passively do it. Yeah, I think it was, it was quite an interesting one. I, I personally, because I wasn't willing to go, I don't think I was willing to break the £500 mark, which got you the free monster ticket and premium pack. So for me, it was just nice to get a nice premium pack for spending money. And to be honest, I, I easily hit that just through spending for deal of the day because their boosted deal of the day thing. And let's talk about that because that was a way for us all to absolutely top up our wallets. We had Kane in there with a maximum of, 100, I think it was £110 credit. He was at maximum, which is a crazy amount. And with a minimum of 125%. Maximum 133%. You could literally just buy a player straight off the market. There was no having to bid low ball and hope you got it. It was literally straight buy, chucked him in deal of the day. And I had some really, I had two 200% in there and a few other really nice ones. Do you have some good ones? Did you top up your credit a lot? It sounds like you, that was the sort of main thing you went for over that period. So 
Must yeah, have. yes, certainly did sort of um, hit the higher percentages quite often. I, I mean, like you say, it was in a way free money. And if you weren't taking advantage of that, you probably were doing it wrong. I mean, I see that some people tried to maybe sell players on the rise for cash as opposed to contest credit. But for anyone that's sticking around long run and, and needed to top that up, it was a great opportunity. Um, so yeah, I certainly hit some of the big ones. It was great. I, haven't, I, I mean, I didn't massively hit it to the point that oh, I had hundreds and hundreds of contest credit. That's something that I always struggle for. So I mean, I, I'm not far from, from running out again already. To be honest with you, I've got, I've got a little bit left. But um, yeah, no, it was it was a great addition. And let's not forget that it's not just that effect it has has on it. It's, it's obviously taken cards off the market. So it's great for all of us. And I think it did have a marginal sort of good positive effect over that period. And I think it will continue to, to do so in the, in the future. Yeah, I really do hope Footstock can reveal at least roughly how many players in total came off the market. Because I think I actually looked quite hard and I sort of analysed the players they were doing. And definitely there were quite a few that were players that are likely to be swapped in the next year, year and a half. Um, which they can, because they're at low value now, are likely to be able to give out less than the swap credit value for. So I, for example, I've been building up um, Shakiri because I reckon he could leave to the Swiss League, for example, which doesn't really have Champions League places. He might go somewhere better, but I thought I'd pick up, I have about 50 of him, I think. And he was available and his maximum swap was only about 66p, but obviously the average is going to be lower than that. So every one that someone swapped of his, I think I did one swap just to see out of interest what it was like, swap the lower player, and then I got like 3p and I realized it's not really worth it. Players like that, I think, were probably quite clever for them to sort of save themselves some money in the long run and also allow people to, to boost their net spend and get rid of a load of players. I would love to see how many people got the max on Kane. I think I only saw one on Twitter, but I imagine there's quite a few people enjoying their £100 plus. And now we've obviously got the referrer friend. God, there's so many promos going on. What, how now the referrer friend, if you refer five people, you get a Europa League or Champions League player of your choice. I think I don't have any, I haven't actually even got that many friends who like football, but they've all, every time one of these comes out, I pester the ones that haven't joined yet to join. And so I think I, it's, it's annoying people a little bit now that I'm pestering them so much, but it's nice to see that they're continually have a, methods to reward people for referring your friend. Have you managed to do any in this period, managed to get that five number or are you still sort of working your way towards it? I don't, I don't think so. I think I'm in the same boat as you. I think anyone that, that I could potentially uh, get on board, I, I either have pestered already or are on board at this point. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a nice way of doing it. Um, certainly for new users that are coming on, for them to then refer their friends as opposed to, to us guys that have been around and have been pestering people for a long time just because of our pure love for the platform. For me, it's, um, it's, it's always tough. I, I don't, like like you say, haven't got a lot of people that, that I can pester anymore. So, It definitely affects me less at having like a minimum you have to hit to get like some bonus. So this time you've got to get five to get that Europa League or Champions League. I know you get contest credit each time, but five seems quite a lot. Like I don't know how many people know five people who not only are into football, but also willing to put a, a little bit of money into a, a, a gambling platform and probably keep going because your mate's not really going to put 20 quid on and just for because he wants you to win. He's probably only going to do it if he's interested. So I do wonder if maybe doing something smaller might be like you get a prep, you get a Premier League three-star, one-star player if you get one friend, two, three, four, five for each one you recommend. Might encourage people to be a little bit more pushy, especially if there's some sort of like gems you could go for Aguero at one-star or something like that. Um, but I'm sure it's, it's helped to boost numbers and that's always what we like to see. We saw the footstock slack hit over 2,000 members. Um, and it just, it really is, I think it's quite clear. I'm starting to see what I'd say is a snowball effect. I'm starting to see more and more people join from other platforms and also just organically. It's really nice to see. So 
What were your overall thoughts on the advent calendar? We had a prize a day, competitions every day. What did you think about that as a sort of overall general period of promotion, a massive month long? Uh, I think it was really, really great. So much free stuff. Um, I, I feel like it really came alive towards the end of it, obviously with the big net spend and the booster deal of the day, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I feel like some people were strangely disappointed sort of midway through the month. And I don't know what those sort of people were expecting, but I think it was just brilliant all round. Um, as I've already mentioned, the only thing I will say is maybe just a time of year. It would be nice to do a similar sort of thing at a different time of year just to see what effect it has. I mean, I know it's obviously something to target over the period where maybe some people uh, would be tight. So obviously trying to make that, that, that market push up. Um, in a in a tight period where it might otherwise be doing you know the opposite, um, but to see a, a similar sort of uh, even even if it's a week long sort of thing, you know seven seven promotions in seven days at some point in a different month, I think that would be really nice to see. Um, and obviously, I'm looking forward to it again next year, um, hopefully in December, uh, potentially on steroids um, <laughs> if the uh, if the platform continues to grow as we think it will. Yeah, it's such high standards that they've now set. So anything, uh, anything less than a sort of massive advent calendar this year may go down, may not, not go down as well. But there were some brilliant things in that. Of course, we always one of my favourites every uh, that happens every so often is the uh, get your tournament entries refunded over a weekend. It just it's not it was twenty five quid this time. We had the amazing amazing two hundred pounds, which is still the best weekend I've ever had on Footstock. I'm going to bang on about that forever until they do it again. But even just twenty five pounds is brilliant. I think. Um, I think it was Sean, the FF Thinker on um, uh, the Slack, who put you could do a silver, five bronzes, and five single or two player entries. And that's a brilliant for a new user. That's brilliant. You've, you're only, you, need, you need maybe 50, 20, 25 players, but you can just chuck in your absolute scraps into those bronze. And the only one you should really be thinking about incredibly hard, and maybe one silver entry, one bronze entries, and then any high rated players, you can just chuck into the, into the single or two player. So it was a really brilliant promo. I really enjoyed it. And I, I, I agree. I think people did get a bit tired of the competitions towards the middle bit because people feel like they can't win but then if they won they then suddenly think it's the best promo ever so it's just one of those one of those things so which of those promos uh would you like to see again is it are you sort of keen on the next uh, the the contest entry refunds or is it deal of the day you'd like to see again sort of so you can get some more contest credit i think a mixture of them uh, i mean obviously there's going to be a limit to how often they can do it but either one of them every so often would be great uh, like you say and the reason behind the sort of the refund is just brilliant it, especially for new users but for, for us that are sort of burning for a lot of money every weekend it gives us a, a free almost a free roll weekend up until that amount so i love that idea um it helps me because i'm so so useless in the, in the contest as well um but no, yeah, I think that and the deal of the day for me are the, the two biggest. Um, the deal of the day is always going, so maybe that's not as as important. But even like like a power hour sort of thing, like uh, you know, a happy hour like you see on different other platforms. Just so every so often that where you've got incredibly even more boosted than we've seen maybe just for an hour, literally one set of players for one hour, and that would uh, allow Footstock to really dictate what's being taken off the market and help help have a positive uh, effect on those players so yeah i think those two are the main two really yeah it's brilliant so obviously the other thing we saw towards the end of the year was an email come out from footstock all about the changes to player swaps now none of this was actually particularly 
uh, unexpected. This was all news we knew was going to happen. They had already announced that you'd no longer be able to swap players for other players. It would just be for contest credit. But obviously, they did announce the changes to the Champions League player and Europa League player swap values, which has made a really interesting thing because most of the players are, were priced and auctioned over that. So most of them, have, if you bought them or tried to buy at the lowest bid, hoping to swap them for credit, you're, you're a little bit out of luck, which is probably the right thing to do. You shouldn't be trying to buy them just to swap for contest credit. But the, the, the one that's really interesting is the fact that now players moving from Premier League teams to Champions League teams obviously don't become inactive anymore, which makes a completely different market because you have to gamble that the players not just moving out of Premier League has to be moving out of, um, uh, out of the whole of uh, the Champions League and Europa League and things like that. So I asked the question I was laughed at, but I, th- I thought it was a reasonable question. So Haller moving to AX obviously didn't become inactive because he moved to a Champions League team. So um, no longer swap credit. Now, how are you... It, are you the kind of person who buys a load of uh, players going inactive to try and swap them for credit? Or is that one that you find a bit risky? And so this isn't really going to affect you too much? Or how do you sort of view player swaps and things like that? Um, I wouldn't say it's too risky, but it's not something I massively target, especially until very late, sort of late on. So I think even late on, it still can be, I wouldn't say profitable, but you know what I mean? It's not necessarily always one you've got a massively plan ahead. Um, and I'd say the risk... Well, it certainly hasn't, there hasn't been much of a risk until now. Maybe that changes a little bit now. Um, but I, I feel like these changes aren't quite as relevant, like you say, just because um, a lot of the players leaving the Premier League are going to, going to be going to other bigger teams uh, in Europe. So, like you say, they're, they're not going to go inactive. So it's not that applicable, really. It is only going to be those one-star duds that we always expect uh, that probably are, you know, if they're not really doing it in the Prem, they probably are going to go elsewhere, potentially not to a, to a big club that will still be inactive. So, yeah, um, I, I think obviously for, for relegated teams, that's always one that, that can be, I mean, to be honest with you, hedging your bets on Sheffield United players at this stage of the, <laughs> this stage of the season is probably quite a safe bet. But no, I'm not one to stock up on. Um, and like you say, all the changes were, were expected, weren't they? Yeah, so for any new users listening in, this is one that's very popular. I think um, Callum, Callum Langdon's one I know who does this quite a lot is he buys bulk players he thinks are going to retire or leave used to be the Premier League, but now leave the Premier League, Europa League or Champions League. And then you'd swap them for credit when you can do. So often you can buy them for sort of 30, 40 P. So you're making sort of 50, 60% uh, profit on a lot of those players. So it's a very good tactic if you're looking to stay in the product for a long time. You're willing to take a little bit of a gamble because there's no guarantee the player will leave or retire really. And once they do, the the value goes up towards the swap price. Um, But it is quite a good way if you're staying on the product for a long time. And obviously, the other news we've heard a little bit about on the Slack and was talked about about a year ago was Rewards 2.0. Now, they were, I think they were originally due out for December, but they've been moved a little bit just because of obviously the COVID situation or with the changes of the back end of uh, Footstock. But they are apparently coming out in the next week or so. Uh, Tom said, hopefully by the end of next week at the latest. Yeah. So what, uh, what things are you hoping and expecting to see on those? We've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, but now they're, they're within uh, arm's reach. So what are you hoping to see? in these rewards well i'm, I'm really excited for them I've, I've been one i was one of those people that was really pushing for the new interface we've now got that the new app and interface is finally here um and um i'm just really excited to see these rewards transferred over i've seen a few people asking on the facebook groups and in the slack sort of um like, like the, some of the new users that don't quite understand that they we're in this phase switching from one interface to the other they don't even understand how they track the current rewards so bringing everything into one is going to be really nice um 
in terms of ones I'm excited for, I'm excited for just a whole new batch to start again, a fresh start to a certain extent. I don't know exactly how that, that works, actually, if I'm honest. I haven't been keeping up in terms of what they're carrying over. Uh, I don't, don't know if you know more about yeah, that. Yeah, I have. So what Tom has said is that with the new rewards, it'll be a case of you're on the old reward system and you have the chance to stay on those for as long as you want to complete other sections or things that you need. And then when you want, you click, I want to move to the new rewards or something along those lines and you'll move to the okay. new rewards and then you'll start building those up. The one thing I'm really excited to see is two things. First of all, what are the rewards? Because it's mostly been pack discounts. Are they going to continue doing that? Because obviously packs cost them a bit more because they do occasionally buy players back if there's an oversaturation of mm. the market. So they're going to continue doing pack discounts or are they going to move towards just contest credit? We've seen that they, they're big fans of now giving out contest credit because they know it keeps people on the platform. So is it going to be a case of much more contest credit or is it even going to be things like choose a player from maybe one star, two star? We have no idea what the new rewards could be. We're all, I think most people have been assuming it's going to be the same rewards, but we don't actually know. We obviously know. Uh, very little and I'm very excited to see what that is I'm also quite excited for the streaks because it's going to be things mm. I'd imagine like enter a contest every day during a week or something like that which will be amazing yeah. to see because obviously we have virtuals on the days without things so I'm really excited to see the streak uh, competition yeah, uh, I think for me I think um, to most of you there's no current ones that I'm actively chasing so I think for me when they come in I want to get on these new ones a fresh start like I said um, I think they probably are going to maybe go towards the contest credit, like you say. I think it's probably the best option for them. Um, I would like to see, uh, obviously I would say this, but I'd like to see more of the pack discounts and, and players back as well. I just don't know how feasible it is for them, especially trying to manage the, the player volumes. I think giving us free players is going to really hinder that, unfortunately, unless they do it like they do a pack. So when they give out a free player, it's taken off the market. That's sort of the only way that I can I can think they're going to do that. But um, and then in terms of actually what we're getting the rewards for, it's just there's so much potential, endless potential, um, especially with potentially um, new mini games coming in as well. Um, but yeah, yeah I think just, it's going to be a really exciting month. Rewards, games, probably towards the end of the month. I imagine hmm. end of the month, realistically, maybe February at this point. But Footstock do manage to pull things out the bag, so it might be sooner than we think. Um, but I think they have said that with the mini games, the first thing they're going to be bringing in is probably some form of new virtual battles. It looks like it's going to be multi-match. I'm guessing from what Tom's hinted at, it'll be two games. So rather than the single games at the moment, it'll be two games. And there's been loads of discussion around it. Uh, do you run one every hour? Do you run um, them when they fill up, but they're just multiple games and can go slightly higher? How do you do them? How would you like to see those uh, sort of new virtual battles brought in? Would you, would you take part in any of them or are you not a virtual battles fan? Um, so at the moment, I'm not massively, unless I'm chasing the rewards, I don't massively use the virtual battles. But in the introduction of multi-virtual battles probably will draw me towards it a bit more. All I will say is, obviously, if it's just two games, then I think that's quite nice. But as they add more games and make it more of a multi-virtual uh, and closer to the virtuals we're used to, I think that could take a little bit of the hype away from them in general. Uh, at the moment, we get them maybe once a, once a week. And some people massively prefer them to real life. I'm sort of 50-50. Um, I do love a virtual and sometimes I wish they were a bit more often. Um, but if they're going constantly, I, I think that could have a, a bit of a weird effect. But it will certainly, I can see it have an effect on the market and the fact that people will need more of, of all cards because if they're, if they're going constantly, at the moment we only have virtuals when there aren't real football but these virtual battles will be going on whilst real football is going on potentially. So it will mean that people will maybe need more than they have of certain player cards to be able to enter them at the same time as, as other contests. 
I hope it doesn't drag entries away from real football. Um, but yeah, I think it could have a maybe a good effect to the point where people feel like they need more cards. Not to compete, but to, to, to have fun in the fact that there are so many things going on at once. Yeah, I agree to an extent. One thing I wanted to consider with the virtual battles, I know Tom asked for, he put a sort of call out if anyone has ideas or things a while ago. And I probably should have said this then, but to be honest, I, I was trying to take a break from content creating for a bit. And uh, my suggestion was something along the lines of you sort of combine what we have as virtual battles at the moment with the single match real football we have. So you'd have every hour, every two hours or something like that, a kickoff bronze, silver, gold levels, but you get split into a maximum of say sort of 12, 15. So there's no massive prize spots. The prize spot at the top end is never going to be the sort of five, six, 700 pounds. You don't have to worry about people entering it in the same way, but you still have the chance to sort of enter virtuals on a regular. Cause there are some people, as you said, who just love virtuals and they would enter them every hour or two. And that sort of, in my mind, gives a nice combine. But do you know what? As I've said many, many times, I trust Footstock more than I trust myself. So whatever they introduce, I'm sure it will be brilliant. And as you said, once they come onto this new app and there's new users to use it as well, it'll be a brilliant fun for everyone, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think the, the only thing is they'd have to actually sit, try and see really how many people would get involved because we know at the moment the virtual battles don't fill up massively quickly and that's just eight people at once. So it would just be a case of monitoring how many people are going to be joining these as to if we need to implement what you've mentioned there, uh, or if it is just going to be maybe you know ten to twenty people every hour, or how mm. often it is. So I think it depends how many people are actively going to be doing it. Uh, I'll certainly have my my little stints maybe in the evenings where where I've got anything better to do and I really want to get involved. So I think it'll be great to to throw in the Slack. Hey guys, sort of anyone up for it? And just really hitting them with your friends. I think it starts to implement the idea of being able to do it with a pub. I mean, I know it's not just you and your friends other people are going to be joining in as well but yeah i think it's a good start to that and that you always sort of brought me onto a point i was uh going to bring up anyways uh, that eventually at some point this year it's very likely we'll get private games of some kind there'll probably be something like uh like um, real life football to start with but can you imagine when they bring in real life virtuals i wonder if there'll ever be a point there probably probably will be maybe a year and a half's time where you can organize at any time a virtual a mini virtual battles with people can you imagine sort of uh, people going like right we're going to do a uh, lethal stream virtual tournament you put the link in your chat people can join you do a special giveaway for the one amazing that would be something amazing because that one you don't even need to time with real football at any point on a stream on a podcast or any point you could put sort of links and involvement out and that would be something that i really 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 do think would set miles ahead of all other competition there would be no other app like that there are a few others that do versions of what footstock do but having private virtual battles that you can run with your mates at any time as you said, you go to the pub, you sit down with your mates. All right, lads, who fancies a little virtual battle? Loser pays for the pints or something like that. Imagine, I think that's a brilliant idea for the future. I would love to see that introduced. Just quickly, I was going to say, I think Footstock are already so far ahead of the game uh, against other other platforms in the idea of, of content creation. I stream every week and it's so possible on Footstock because there's so much to do. And without going into names, it's just not possible to do on other platforms. So, yeah, I mean, adding that in would just take it to the next level. It really would. And I mean, it's, it's good at the moment. I mean, generally, if I've got a certain amount of people in the stream, we can go fill up a virtual battle or a roulette very quickly anyway. Uh, but to, to actually make that private lobby, put the link in there so only people can, because <laughs> as we call it in the streams, you do get the, uh, the odd sort of scumbag that, that isn't, in it, <laughs> isn't in the stream and will uh, sort of not join in with the game you're playing. So making that private would be really nice. Yeah, I, I just think this, as you said, there's so much happening at Footstock. Uh, you sometimes have to think back and people do 
rightly so complain about things on footstock at times but they are so quick with their updates and changes tom being so involved with the slack and uh, to be honest everyone's being so involved with the slack at footstock and so involved with the community coming on podcasts running their own things like that really do set it above all the other platforms i can think of in just terms of the fact that there is just so much to talk about almost all exclusively good as well yeah i mean it, it's, it's always going to be a case of can they keep it up as the users you know increase and i think that as long as they can keep that up i think that is what makes another thing that makes footstock so unique and yeah like you say just the, the turnaround on things is yeah second to none and now we also have to ask about the other thing that's probably going to come to games at some point is of course stat roulette um, it's going, going to have a different name. They've, they've suggested ones on this podcast, but I daren't say it again because it sounds like they might not be doing that anymore. It might be something else. It was Stat Clash was the name that was given on one of, the, I think, on the first ever Total Footstock podcast, but I don't know if it's still going to be called that. Um, but I do know, tell the people who are listening to this, there'll be some who haven't been on one of your streams about your, one of the favorite lethal stream games that you often play in roulette tournaments with people. So, uh, well, I mean, in general, uh, it's something that actually John Nellis started. I think he was one of the, he was the OG streamer uh, that, that done streams weekly. And I sort of, um, I started and since have somewhat taken over because he keeps to the, the podcast side of things now. But it was something that he, he created, the idea of uh, not just competing in, in roulettes with competitive players, but also actually just making them fun and really throwing sort of um, a certain category of player in there. So we, we often, or, or the audience generally in the comments come up with fun ideas um so we've, we've often done uh, players that look like serial killers or, or various other random uh, sort of appearance type categories and then um, of late we've had a <laughs> we've had a favorite of uh, of the viewers of a cock roulette the the leads player robin cock <laughs> so uh on a, on a weekly basis we we near enough fill up a 16 man with very close to 16 cocks and <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much just trying to take out anyone that isn't using that player um, and obviously coin flips galore and the winner just takes home a lot of cocks basically. It is brilliant fun. I've, I've, I've obviously been there taking part. It's really good fun. So I do recommend you all check that out when it's uh, when he's next running one. They are really, really good fun. And uh, yeah, he has brilliant guests on as well and some brilliant games. So um, I'll ask you a little bit more about what's coming from you for the rest of the year. But what do you what are you excited for on Footstock for the year to come? We're obviously right at the beginning of this year with my 11 days into the year. What are you hoping to see over the Euros in the beginning of next season? Uh, and obviously, we've spoken a little bit about Christmas. What are you sort of hoping for over the year? I'm just really excited to see it to continue to grow. Uh, obviously, we've got more and more marketing come in and we've... Uh, I've actually been noticing in the Slack sort of since Christmas in this period, maybe it's more people are at home and obviously with more lockdowns and stuff, people are at home and having more time, but I'm noticing so many people joining on now. So I'm just really excited to see where we are this time next year and what has been implemented. Uh, I'd love to see, um, so obviously the, like we've sort of discussed the private, uh, we won't go into that too much, but the, the private lobbies, that will uh, be very nice. Uh, more mini games that are coming because I think some parts of the mini games have become a little bit stale. So, any ideas they have with that? Um, I think the first big step, though, like we've discussed, is just getting the games we currently have onto the new interface because, again, that is causing some confusion. Uh, I think a lot of new users are maybe coming into my stream, seeing the roulette, and they're saying, Hang on, how do I get involved with the roulette? Because it's not on that new interface and you do have to access it from the old one. 
Um, so having them re-added. Uh, one thing I'd really like to see is that in, I would love, I know Tom's going to tell me that it's not possible for multiple reasons. Tom, I am sorry that I'm going to keep banging on about this because I just love footstock and I, I'm full of stupid crap ideas. Um, but what I would love to see is that each game week uh, on the, in the Premier League, I would love to see them do a different game with just some slightly changed or different rules. So I would love to see one where it's a standard, it's, it works like a silver, same requirements, except there are no win points for players. So everything else works the same, goals, assists, successful dribbles, blah, 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 but just with no wins, because then it's less beneficial to fill your team with a, a game you think is going to have a, okay. a big score and just a win. You might be a bit more tactical with who you're choosing and things like that. Or maybe something where you've got to field a whole starting 11, but you've only got 22 stars, but you can be any rating players. So do you like almost like a monster but but with a smaller prize but just a five pound ten pound entry here and there and i just think there's loads of i'd love to see something different run each weekend like they do the so you could do the big count the first weekend as the premier league month-long trio so you've only really got to fill two more because then you've got the monster in the last one so it's a maximum of two or three different fun little games just to see what works no i think that's a great idea and i think it's very well to a certain extent quite easy for them to implement and i wouldn't i think they will obviously maybe they've got other things on their plate at the moment but um, I love the idea of taking the win points off just random little stuff like that with, with funky names of them the only thing with that is I don't know how they're obviously having a, a data provider pr- providing all the data I don't know how they then start sort of changing uh, the, the data they're being given but yeah I, that's a brilliant idea I really love that yeah because there's so many variations you could do just have a weekend where there's no goals or assists so you're all it's just about choosing the best base player there's so many like I don't obviously you're right it's probably very hard to implement technically so I'm not expecting this to come in anytime soon, but just little things like that, I think would be great fun. And then you could also flip that on its head as well and make it and really sort of appeal to fantasy football players who are always just focused on assists and goals, <laughs> remove everything else, just goals and assists. Um, that'd be really fun as well. So yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. The other thing I do hope is, and I'm, again, Tom, Tom is probably going to think I'm the literal worst person in the world and I do apologize, but I would like to see a few small tweaks to some of the point scoring system at the end of the Euros before the next season. I think we need to have a fouls one and penalties one. And I think, to have the penalties one, we need to move to fantasy assists. And I know there's a few who are a little against that. And I completely understand why. But for two reasons, it covers the penalty one problem. That's sorted and easy. And it also helps new users who want to underst- who basically go on what FPL gives to understand how assists work. And there's just a couple of small tweaks I'd like to see. Like I'd like to see clean sheets be a bit higher. I was thinking about this. And a clean sheet being worth five and an assist worth 10 and a goal 20 means a defender to, to get the equivalent would have to make four clean sheets for one goal. And I don't think it's necessarily fair to expect a centre-back to, to, to be able to do that, for example. So maybe just a little tweak to that. But No, again, I, I agree with that because at the end of the day, we don't. it's sort of a common thing, uh, commonly known in virtuals or in real life, that you do, you do only put the required defenders in. And it would be nice to be in a world where you do put defenders in those any positions just because they are really viable and trying to make a sort of overall viable for, for all positions would be really nice to I have. think the counter to that is that people always still anyway almost exclusively choose the, the wing backs anyway who often get quite a reasonable number of goals and assists if you're looking at a Trent or a Robertson they're very commonly getting assists and then boosting their clean sheet rating just makes those wing backs even more but to be honest the fact that there's only I think there's only two or three maximum wing back uh, defenders who are in four star category and so the fact that there's so few makes me suggest that there needs to be something to increase the rating. Because I think there's even more goalkeepers that are four-star rated than defenders, which says, it's quite like, I know goalkeepers are criminally underrated and always have been because they're, they're pretty much a guaranteed 20 points, 30 points if they get a win. 
Yeah, with that, I mean, again, I don't get into details, but like stuff like uh, for, for the single match ones, like the silver and uh, having to put two players of uh, a minimum of two players from each team. I don't like that. I feel like sometimes you want to back a team. So I think the the, the combination of five and one, for example. Oh, um, see, we can have a disagreement. Yeah. I love, I love, I'm a big fan of the single matches and I, I fully support the five and two or uh, six and two because I do think it, I was entering them a lot. I always do. I pretty much max them out on the silvers each weekend. And uh, it was just everyone would pick all from one side and then the goalkeeper from the other. That extra player does make you think a bit because do you go for a defender and if so, it's a, if it's a low scoring nil-nil and you've picked a defender from the other team, you're probably going to win with a, extra points from the clean sheet and things like that. Do you think that they're going to score, both teams are going to score highly, in which case do you go with two strikers from the other team? You're not going to lose points if they concede, but you basically require them to score or they get low base. There's so many more options. Like I, I remember winning one recently because I went with Basuma from Brighton as well as their keeper, who I think, I think it was still Ryan at the time, but uh, Basuma had a really high base score. He didn't score or assist, but he, and they lost, but he got like 16 points. And I won that purely because his score was higher than what everyone else yeah. had chosen from Brighton who'd gone for their forwards expecting them to score or defenders hoping for a clean sheet. So I actually really do like that change. I understand why it means it's a lot harder to pick from the other team. Like, don't get me wrong, when, you, when it's Man City versus Burnley and you're desperately trying to get as many Man City goal scorers in there, I completely, completely appreciate why it can be a, a pain, but like, it does make it more interesting in my opinion. But yeah, but saying that, yeah, yeah, I think it does. It does actually add a, a bit of a skill gap and you, how much you do have to think about that player. Um, you know what? That actually sort of gives me enough of a reason to to go against my initial point. I'd say, <laughs> uh, and I don't <laughs> see. <laughs> you've come on this podcast expecting to have your own thoughts, and all that's happening is I'm changing your mind on everything. Here, well, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to start another debate, but the next one for me that I'd like to see implemented in the next year, I, I don't want to sort of talk talk about this for too long. But for me, I feel there is some need for some sort of implementation um, implementation of subs. I mean, we don't need yeah. to go into the, the details of it, but... No, no, I think it's been talked to death. But no, I do think, I think I, I realistically, from what I've seen on the Slack, from what Tom said and what people have requested, I think there will be a form of subs that come in. I know it's going to be a technical pain in the arse for them. And I know it may be one where they have to say, look, guys, if we bring this in, we're going to have to push everything back a month. But I think especially with how long, realistically, COVID is going to be taking effect in football till at least... Realistically, I wouldn't be surprised if it's still the end of the Euros. Um, uh, and at which point, it, 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 it's almost something you can't really ignore for like a year. Because it, like the, the, some of the time, it's people being silly. But a lot of the time, it's, you just can't predict who's going to get COVID or have to quarantine. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not asking for like five subs. Right? Like just, just one, maybe, just to cover your back. I mean, you've still got to be clever about who you're selecting. You've still got to look and do your research and find those stars. Mm. But just one that is, is put in there, auto-subbed in. It doesn't have to be one that, because I think a lot of people are against it because they don't want to be out for the day and have a disadvantage to anyone else. So it's just a, a sub you put in place. And if one of your players don't come on for a minute of that game, that one sub comes in. I mean, I know there's lots of different ways of implementing it, but... Um, so tell us a little bit about what we're coming from you in the year. Obviously you had a jam-packed December. I think you were streaming or doing stuff at least twice a week, sometimes more. So tell us what we can hear from uh, Lethal... Um, over the sort of next couple of months yeah so um obviously the the weekly live streams are every friday that will continue um for i mean for for the foreseeable future as far as i'm aware i'm trying to make that as structured as possible and just try and make it more watchable for everyone i feel like a lot of people listen to this 
would have heard of me, but I would actually say probably 50% of the people listening haven't ever watched a stream just because uh, some people prefer listening uh, and that's completely understandable on the podcast side of it. Uh, but yeah, it'd be great if you haven't watched my content, just to come over for a Friday stream and see how you get on. I'm looking to get um, more guests on, try to get a guest on every week, have a little chat. Uh, sometimes those guests are willing to open a pack or two or, or do something like that. Sometimes not, sometimes just for a little chat. Uh, and then we have lots of different mini games that go on and giveaways every stream. So, so that'll all uh, continue. I'm trying to make it as structured as possible because sometimes I find myself lost in the stream and it just all gets a bit out of hand with comments coming in left, right and centre. So I'm trying to make it as structured as possible so uh, you, you sort of always know what to expect. If you're listening to this, though, sorry, I was just going to say, I really do recommend you check those out. They're really good fun on a Friday. I tune in every... The thing is, the best thing I, I find about them is you don't have to go to every week. I, can't, I tune in every every couple of weeks when I'm free on a Friday. When, um, to be honest, it's been more and more recently with how lockdown and things have been going. And it's just nice to sometimes sit there, have it in the background. Often I'm choosing my team for fantasy or footstock itself while I, I'm missing it. And sometimes a sage advice comes through. They're really good fun. I do che- I really, really recommend checking those out. Yeah, and then alongside that, I, I provide videos as well. Um, they aren't sort of as, as regular, maybe. I, I like to try to get one video out uh, alongside the stream every week. Uh, and that could always be different things. I've got a few different series that go on. I've got uh, one of, a favourite of mine, Guess Who, uh, where we get a guest on, we have a chat, and then we'll open three packs each and basically yes or no questions. We can't see the other person's player. You can sort of imagine how that goes down. That's a favourite of mine that will continue on into the next year. And potentially some more new series coming because we've ended a couple recently. Um, so yeah, I'm sort of on the hunt for, for new series ideas and then I often get new video ideas coming in. So I've got a couple of couple plans I need to get made uh, in the near future. Yeah, so it's brilliant to have you continually content creating. There's some brilliant content creators and I'm going to give a few, few shout outs here, obviously. Uh, Fancy Football Hub always put out some great content. I've written a few pieces for them. They're brilliant. Uh, Footstock Hub, they're brilliant. They've got their podcast back and they ran one over. They took in December off as well. So you were all missing your podcast for a while. They had one, I think, in the Christmas to New Year period, but they're back. Yeah. They had one that I think they released today or yesterday. Um, but really do check those out. It's much more of a fun roundtable discussion. And we have the weekly Ronnie asking for more um footstock virtuals because he's uh, you'll see if you've ever been on slack you'll see him asking tom for more pretty much daily and it's always brilliant to hear uh from those guys and they're really really good content out as well as a really actually really really good predicted lineup thing where you can see the prediction line i think they're the most accurate of all the sites so i, I do recommend those yeah, guys that certainly was the case at one point yeah i think we're right up yeah there. and also obviously the footstocks themselves they have their own blog and their own podcast and they are really good and Obviously, another shout out to Sean uh, FF Thinker, who's doing the, I think it was, is it one pound to Bruno challenge? And I think he's at 50 quid after a couple of months, which is pretty crazy if you think that's like a 5,000% turn. Brilliant to see all these content creators producing stuff. So really do check them out. And now, Lethal, we do have to ask the question, which I'm not sure you've been asked before. Now, this is a question that was asked regularly for a while back in November. And then obviously with the podcast disappearing for a bit, we haven't had a chance to ask anyone for a while. So I'm glad you're the first person in 2021 on the Total Footstop podcast to answer which is normal mermaid or fish on the top and woman on the bottom. Which way are we leaning? Corey, you know what? You've... I should have thought about this more because I don't want to give a boring answer here. God, it's tough either way, isn't it? I feel like it's going to be mermaid on top. Just I know it's, it comes with Wait, a lot hang on, of... Hang on. A... Mermaid on top? Are you talking woman on top then? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah so, so, sorry, woman on top, yeah. I'm just thinking like getting around is just going to be tough on the bottom half. I feel like you'd be flapping over the all over the joint. So I feel like for me, that's going to be have, have to be the way forward. Um, I, I haven't really thought about it too much and I should have thought about it more to, to give more of an entertaining 
answer, but I just don't know if I can be. I'll be sliding all over the joint. I just don't. I don't think that's the way for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. No. So I'm going to end this podcast on a slightly different note to what we've been talking about, <laughs> and just uh, remind people. So I took a little time off in December because my my mental health and my head wasn't in the right place, and I do just want to make sure that everyone listening to this podcast does remember a couple of things, which is that firstly, Footstock is a brilliant fun platform, but it is a gambling product. It can damage your mental health and not be great for it. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed, worried about it, or you, you spend too much time thinking about it, do take some time off. I took a bit of time off, and I basically just went in in a contest here and there, but it was really nice to have a little break. So I really do recommend that. And secondly, do make sure that you remember that if you're losing money or not doing well, you can either back out or you can ask Footstock to exclude you from certain areas. And that's really important to do, whether that's just roulette, virtual battles, or just contests in general, make sure that you do make use of those if you need. Make sure you do take heed to the sort of comments about mental health. They're not a joke. It is hard during these lockdowns and it is worth uh, spending a couple of minutes just sort of taking yourself a breather out of Footstock if you need. Yeah, I definitely second that. Thank you very much for coming on, Ryan. It was absolutely brilliant to have you on the first Total Footstock podcast of 2021. And I look forward to some of your streams coming later in the year. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was uh, a lot of fun. And yeah, I'm sure I'll be on in the, in the future. And I would love to get you on uh, over, over on the stream or videos in the future. Oh, brilliant. I'd love to be on. Thanks very much, Ryan. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye.